0: Hey, folks! Welcome to Kaiser's Castle. Take a seat on my big orange couch. Grab yourself a coffee, tea, soda, or adult libation. Tonight, I have an, the special privilege of having a brother of mine I've known since, I think, uh, around 12, 13. Uh, Greek gentleman, Georgios. And if you're there, Opa, my brother!
1: Opa, how you doing tonight? Outstanding, outstanding. Yourself? You know what? I'm having a very good day, actually. It's uh, Today was... Rather fruitful and, you know, with everything that's going on in the, in the current events of the world, it's rather entertaining. It
0: is. It's very entertaining, brother. Um, now, Georgios is uh, the lead host and owner of uh, v, uh, Veterans,
1: VRS. Veteran VRS. Radio VRS. Syndicate.
0: Yep. And uh, really good dude. I think you guys will enjoy talking with him. Tonight we're gonna to talk a little bit about current events that are going on. I've tried to stay away from a bunch of stuff, but unfortunately with situations as they arise, especially with uh the current situation from last night, that it was and who knows what's going on right now. I'm not out west and neither is Georgios, but uh the Portland events where you had of course they say it's the Proud Boys Or some right-wing kind of thing. But the natural pushback, and this is why I had Georgios on, because I wanted to get his opinion. And what a lot of you don't know is Georgios' father, who I had the pleasure of knowing, Christos. um, During his time as a youth, him and his uncle hid away from the Nazis. And then they actually fought against the communists when they tried to take over Greece. And uh, so you guys will understand something. We're going to talk about anti and the true origins of it, which is anti-racist action, which is what was founded before East Germany, and uh, they helped to try to fight against the um, Nazis. But they actually are a terrorist organization, and they were the founders were trained by um, the Soviets what we call Russians now. But at one time, Georgios and I both had the pro- pleasure of serving our nation. When Strack meant something, it meant stand ready against communist. And, uh, we both served in the United States Marine Corps and the national guard together, uh, you know, later in life. But your thoughts on that, Georgios brother, the floor I is wanna, yours.
1: I, I want to say something first about what you talk. So for, I, for those that don't know me, uh, so a little background: I was born in Greece, and we came over here. My dad and I came over here under the junta. So, in right after World War II, my family has always been the best way I can say it. Um, their way of dealing with communists was basically to shoot them in the face. So, what after the after the end of the war? What had happened in Greece was, you had two factions. You had the royalists, which were for the king, and then you had a big push in the communists to take over Greece. And there, and a lot of it had to do with the Russian influence. A lot of it had to do with the fact that a lot of the Eastern Bloc countries had fell, you know, including Bulgaria, uh, Romania, and those countries that fell to the to the communist influence. So our family was served with a, basically, the best way I could say it, it's maybe the equivalent of, I don't know, the best way I could probably, maybe say, uh, you know, the Rangers. um, They were, you know, basically um, elite trained guys that went out and actually hunted down communists. And their sympathizers, and just basically shot them. And the reason they did this was one of the things that the communists did in Greece. Now, I, this is specific to Greece. How they acted in other places of the world, I, you know, that's up to you, Shuffy. You can, you know, extol on those. But in Greece, what they were trying to do was they were trying to disrupt commerce, and they went after. Um, you know, a lot of Onassis' ship, which, uh, you know, the, the ships and the commerce, um, they went down to BDA where all the ports were, and they tried to set some of the docks on fire. They had gone to a place, um, you know, the Battle of Salamina, there's a place there called Scaramanga, and they had tried to basically disrupt commerce. And and basically, what, they, what their idea was, that if you could disrupt commerce enough, that they would be able to you know get a foothold and you know people would say you know welcome them in and basically it is it's no different than what antifa is doing in, in major metropolitan areas they're burning up shops they're disrupting commerce they're stopping bus lines train lines well not the trains as much but they're they're stopping commerce and and this is a playbook if you could have seen what um was in in 1951 it's basically Portland 2020, and so what my dad and my uncle and my grandfather did were they basically got saddled up and went after and fought them. And they there was no um, you know they, people don't understand how bad it was and during that time it's exactly like it is today. So I, I it worries me that if we don't do something about it now, that it's going to get worse and worse and worse because they're going to get, that Antifa and the people that are on that side of the ideology are going to get more brazen. And that's what worries me.
0: Well, brother, they already have. Um, it's one of those things right now where Portland's probably pretty much a write-off. Um, they actually do own a city. Uh, they're doing a big push in other cities. Uh, they're talking about going to Virginia where we had a female Congress lady, uh, something Louise. I can't think of her last name. Uh, maybe Lucas. I can't think of her name. She actually was one of the people that helped to uh, pull down a statue of George Washington. Everybody knows the video from it where the one guy basically gets his face stripped off of him where you can see his skull. As the statue fell down upon him,
1: yeah, his and, kind of, like uh, reflexes
0: failed him. That was pretty funny. Exactly, but he was he was in the mix. I mean, uh, but they they she's going after the police chief, which is illegal under the Commonwealth of Virginia's rules. You know, co- no quote unquote Congresswoman or whatever she's considered in Virginia can go after. Her an acting police chief if there's an investigation on them, And so she, because the assistant vice uh, mayor of Richmond, I think it is, um, is her daughter. And her daughter is the one trying to go after him. And so it's a very political move she's doing where the police chief just went by the evidence and the video and by her own words she helped facilitate this. And right. that's another part as they have gone politically and activated themselves. And this is a problem. BLM- why, do you think
1: why do you think that's happening though? I mean, do you think that they're, they're doing it on purpose or do you think they're they're trying to ally with the with the lesser you know, I always argue, you know, me and you have have always had this argument, um, or this debate. You, you have to choose your allies, right? You you don't you don't go into right. you know whether And what I've seen on the left, which is really, you know, and maybe it's the most confusing is that even the left is clashing with the left. And I haven't seen that in up until this year where the left will actually clash with the left. And, you know, it's just like the, you know, the example you used of my flow, who is the more more oppressed? They're looking to be more oppressed than the other person. And I, do you think that's what's leading to it? I mean, do you think that they 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 don't they don't have a, a, a clear message, so they're just going to ally with anybody that sides with them?
0: Here's the way I look at it. No, it's not that at all. Um, here's how I look at it. They've always been. Uh, they have normalized themselves through a splinter group that it's no more than the Sean Finn of. Um, Like the IRA had the Sean Finn, the political action group for the IRA, Irish Republican Army, which was communist-backed. Nobody can doubt that. Um, And we also backed them, too, under Kennedy. And Kennedy was always a member of this one organization called ARA, Anti-Racist Action. Well, that's their Sean Finn. And um, it's always been a political group. It's always been this way. But now they've gotten emboldened under, quote-unquote, Orange, Hitler, Trump, whatever you want to call him. Um, this is what they look at it as. They think he's a fascist. He's so far away from being a fascist. They've The Democrats have been begging him since corona hit to assume laws and to do things that would be fascistic so they could justify themselves. Well, he hasn't given them that power, that art. He hasn't given them that ability to legitimize themselves. And it's because they don't believe... That Biden's going to win. The Democrats openly, right now, are saying um, uh, and Antifa, They're saying, you know, the the liberals. By the way, folks, Georgios and I are classical liberals in a Jeffersonian vein. That's not a liberal that um, you think. We we both went in the military because you may and say we're, we're a little. You know what?
1: And honestly, you know, Shuff, I had this I had this thought about the day. And that both of us are 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 Reagan Republicans, which if you if you thought about that today, you'd be considered a liberal under today's, you know, under today's ideology and the way that that Reagan looked at 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 things, you would you would be considered a liberal. And it, it exactly. And it scares me because, you know, one of the things that people forget, and I think that this is something that maybe and and again this is my view on this, but Reagan started out as a Democrat and he was a you know and Hillary started off as a Republican. And the the ideologies of the sixties got so diluted about who wanted to ally with who that Reagan then became a Democrat, I mean, went from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. Hillary went from being a Republican to the Democratic Party. And it, it just started becoming, the the words that they used in the 60s to describe ideologies just changed dramatically. And now, you you know, people use every sort of word, you know, like, I, I saw people calling... Um, Starbucks, a barista, they call her literally Hitler. Like, this girl's making $11 an hour making you coffee, and she's literally Hitler? I mean, you know, that's how bad certain terms are becoming in in our society, that we're making things up to make, you know, to to further the argument. That's the best way I can say it. Well,
0: that's the dumbing down of our society. I mean, JFK, if he existed today, would be called a Republican, um because he was a tax cutter he was all about commerce i remember uh your father and and your uncle sometimes talking about you know jfk they held him in high regard i know in my family line they held him in high regard you know who cares if he was banging other women in the white house i mean that was pretty much an open secret uh and of course because of your family ties to a Um, You know very well about Jackie O, you know. Yeah, but I mean, you got to
1: remember, too, though, you know, here's one of the things. My dad was her purser for a short time. My my dad and my uncle worked for for the Onassis family, and he he was there uh, the best way. You know, my uncle, uh, Dimitri, and, and my dad were her pursers, and she was a very decent human being. I mean... You know, from what and she came from a time that, you know, when you take a look at JFK, if you would have said, as a Democrat, he he raised the um, minimum wage, he cut short-term lending and long-term lending interest rates, spent money on infrastructure, um, and basically uh, strengthened the military. That's about as Republican as you come. And if you would have said that about, if you would have put his ideology today on a Venn diagram, he's a Republican. If you, if the last real Republican president that I think we've had, I have to say is is Ronald Reagan. I think after that it was just becoming. I think the ideology of the Republican Party started to shift more towards the left, and I think well like,
0: it did it did under bush uh, Sr. and then under junior uh, and that's why the clintons bush senior famously said bill clintons just like one of my uh, uh, one of my kids you know and they'd play golf together it, it was one big corporate group you know and it was because they were globalist right uh, i liked i liked bush junior for his first his first election cycle he was the president we needed uh, during the second election cycle and he did a lot of good things for the second amendment let the uh, assault weapons ban sunset he did a bunch of things that I agreed with but during his second election cycle you could see it was almost he had a sense of disinterest
1: and well, I think we, you know by ran by, by that by that point though look at what was handed to him 911. Then the, I mean, okay, let, let's just put 9-11 to the side. Let, let's just put 9-11 to the side and say, okay, whoever was going to be president, that was going to happen. That, that was going to, you know, but look what happened right afterwards. We had a recession in, in 2002. Then it was followed by the beginning of the MBS, you know, the managed uh, mortgage base mortgage-backed securities uh, debacle, you know, started in 2006. And right. he, and that wore out everybody. And if you go back, I, you know, me and, me and you can we've discussed this time and time again. It the further we look back from what him and Alan Greenspan did, they saved our economy. They we we could have been literally our, our nation could have been bankrupt if it wasn't for both Bush and Alan Greenspan for what they did. And they they pump money back into the, in the in the economy. They um, made sure that you know financial institutions were were not going to fail, um, and people were, were, you know were saying, oh, you know they should have uh, they let them fail. That you know they, they haven't studied commerce if they say that. Um, they they made sure that our financial interests across the globe was were solid. That that's the other thing that that, that people forget is Saudi Arabia. Uh, during that time, one of the things that they agreed to, now, you know, they agreed in principle, I mean, it, you know, was not to cut off the supply of oil. Um, and during, you know, and at the same time, you know, he's dealing with the war in Iraq. And, you know, that's a, I don't, I mean, I have to say, and the war in Afghanistan, anybody would, would have been handed that would have been exhausted.
0: No, I get what you're saying, brother, but I think my point on uh the history of it is is still there. I mean we had under Reagan, unfortunately, I think during his second term, it was more of a Bush senior term. And what I mean by that is you had and it did do a good thing in eighty nine when the wall fell, but it's a double edged sword and you understand what I mean. Right. Um you had Bush senior Applying pressure and, and actually forming the list, uh, Al Qaeda, and uh, in Arabic, you know, but it means the list. And it was basically Saudi internationalist, globalist, and others from the Emirates and, and different places around there, Kuwait, who would go over to take pot shots at Russians. It was like a travel bureau. And um, they were going to Afghanistan to fight the Russians. So in 80, uh, the, uh, the Soviets invade Afghanistan. Uh, we back through the CIA, which Bush senior has major ties to. And so all the deep state is people forget that Brennan during the time you and I were in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Brennan converted to, uh, Islam. He was the head of Riyadh field office for the CIA. Uh, Anyways, the point is, um, that was an open secret that everybody knew. And Brennan also was a Marxist. And so you had these people going through college, and you asked a very pertinent question, and I want your take on this, brother. Um, You have people coming, they started mandating everybody, instead of them being white-shoe boys from Princeton, Yale, and, and Harvard and all that, going into the CIA, they started bringing in anybody who had a legal degree for a while? It was mostly made up of lawyers, both in the FBI and CIA, and some with speech and other other specialties. You know what I'm talking about right. in all the intelligence fields. But because of that heavy legal basis, and because there was because of what Columbia University's uh, Frankfurt School people had instituted. Within the us, including media, academia, uh, also, you can never forget the political ends of it, they had started bow weeviling in. And this is actually a big problem, and that's why they're afraid of Trump because Trump's not a team player. He's not a politico. And that's why they're right uh, they're writing the coattails of an absolute failure of a politician that, that they know they can control because he's so corrupt. and that's Joe Biden. And whether people want to hear it or not, you're being played on the Democrat side. I can't think of, I said this one time before, you and I are privileged to be from Ohio. And there was one guy that used to get up and rant about Bill Clinton. And for his, he was a Democrat, by the way. And for his efforts, they put James Traffican in prison over a bullshit thing where he had some right. interns helping him paint his barn. Which, who cares, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but it was an in-kind contribution that he forced his people to do. No, they wanted to do it for him, but the FBI busted him, and he goes in, he has to serve time over this shit. And this is how they co-opt people and break them down, and then, of course, mysteriously, the man has been on his farm since he was a kid, and he was a sheriff, by the way, too, and he was an independent man just like you see with Trump. And he was an outsider because he was a sheriff, and the people of Youngstown area had elected him to Congress, and they couldn't control him. And he miraculously dies because his tractor flips over on him. I mean, there's a lot of nonsense that went on during that time, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just breaking it down so people can elucidate themselves.
1: Well, here's one of the problems with here. Here's one of the things that I, I I tell you about. You know when I, you know, why people are mad at Trump, and it, let's go look at ideology. I, you know, Trump until what eight years ago was a was a Democrat. I mean, it was a lifelong New York Democrat, which is in any other part of the United States would be a Republican. Um, and when he went from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party, it, it, he's playing the Democratic game better than the Democrats are. He's making, he's going and using their tactics against them and they they don't know how to react. And so when you, when you look at ideology, right, when you look at, um, and one of the things that they rail on, on Trump about, and this is, I've seen this time and time again on, on every platform, they make fun of him for his bankruptcies, right? Even though he's never filed a personal bankruptcy ever it's been corporate, and they look at his failures. Well, if you have money, if you've got money, you take risks, and you go, okay, listen, it's like this. If you have $1,000 in your pocket, and you are running an eBay business, and you take $50 of it, and you go buy some stuff at a garage sale to list, and it sells for, say, 40 yeah, you might have technically lost money on it, but that's part of your business. So Trump's business, up until he got in the White House, was the Trump name. So he tried Trump vodka, he tried Trump steaks, all of these business ventures was because of his name. And people are saying, "Well, they didn't go." Well, you know what? Um, you know, the, I remember. Remember when we were in the Marine Corps and they made out? They came out with New Coke, um, and they lost a you know a, a ton of money at that. Well, oh, hell yeah! People make you know people that are in business. If 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 people knew the amount of money that I lost in business doing certain deals, they it, it would it, they would have a heart attack. But it, it's part of doing commerce. You run, you do a deal. You you know sometimes those deals work and sometimes they don't. But and still, he he has amassed billions of dollars in assets, and you know he basically has been able to do this over the last, you know, three, you know, what, four decades. And in, in one year alone, he lost more money than any other American in the United States. Um, and part of that was because he took certain risks. Now, guess what? Warren Buffett used some of the, you know, Warren Buffett used some of the same tactics that Trump did, and they made money at it. So did Trump. So the, the, the problem that I think that people on the left seem to, to migrate on, is that they want him to, all of a sudden, to think that he's this, I I don't know what you want to call it, Um, I don't know the right term, man, I I, I mean that he's not a swindler, but he's shady, or slimy, or whatever, but everybody does the same, you know, everybody does the same kind of deals when you're at that level, sometimes his deals work, sometimes they don't, but he's been very, he's been, he had a reality TV show that has been successful, he's had you know, books that are, you know, "The Art of the Deal" is a New York uh, New York Times bestseller, and you don't make that list. or you know, um, you that's a that's a hell of a list to get on. Um, he his, you know, he ran a presidential campaign and won. Um, you know, he's done. He's been very successful over multiple platforms, and I think that drives them crazy because they want him to think that he's stupid when he's not. Oh, I agree, but they remember they say politics is for the ugly, right? right? The people that couldn't
0: go to Hollywood and stuff. And I think another thing that pisses him off is he even broke into
1: WWF, which became uh, WWE. Him yeah, and, I mean, he, Man. and he and he got a front headlight too. And, I, and one of the things I keep reminding you is, you know, wrestlers with a front headlight don't usually get bullied. So There you go. There you go.
0: But, and he's a Manhattan a Manhattan business Democrat. I think that's more important to point out to folks than just saying he's a New York Democrat. Your thoughts, brother? Right.
1: Right. right. I mean, are, are, were you asking me, Chef?
0: Yeah, I was saying, I just said, that's the most important thing to point out, is that he is a Manhattan business
1: Democrat,
0: not just a Manhattan Democrat.
1: Like, not a uh, New York Democrat, but a Manhattan yeah. Yeah. And you got to remember, you know, you think about this though for a long time. You know, if you think and you know, you can argue this point, but if you think you take a look at LaGuardia as a, you know, if he models in his footstep, you know, as a as a Manhattan Democrat, LaGuardia is a, a prime example. The guy is, you know, into if he was alive today, he'd be a Republican. And and I think I I I think one of the problems that is that has happened in in recent times is w- what's going on in the social culture is the left needs an enemy. You know the the left has always needed to be, you know, their enemy is victimhood. They need to be a victim. They need to be they need to they need to have that victim mentality in order to be a social justice warrior. And it doesn't matter who it is, you know, whatever the you know, the soup de jour is of, of the time where the Republicans have said, Hey, listen, you know, up until the last, maybe mm, up until I think maybe John McCain was basically, let's be compassionate and, you know, let's have a lot of self accountability. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's lost today in both parties, which scare me because I, you know, I, my, my my core beliefs are that of Reagan. Um, I mean, you know, basically uh, strong, strong military, fiscal conservatism, you know, uh, leave, you know, his son was gay. He, he was like, leave, you know, the, leave that out of the conversation. Um, pro Second Amendment. And basically, you know, you you're accountable for your own actions. And I, that's well, what I, I think we need to get back to. Well, I think
0: uh, one of the things that you lightly touched on, the Republicans, fortunately, and we did fortunately always have the ability to be reflective. And with what, and trust me, Nixon was not a bad president. He didn't do certain things correctly, and he paid for it. But it caused the Republican Party to be very reflexive. And remember, Saul Alinsky's book is Hold Your Enemy to their high standards but don't hold yourself there was a gentleman who was on before uh you and i who was on angel's show and he said about the three d's deceive uh deceive uh direct misdirect basically and deny any charges coming at you and The Democrats have been able to get away with it with their willing accomplices within the media and academia. And so they've never really had to hold themselves to account. And that's what they're afraid of right now because you're seeing Trump's um, AG, his Justice Department. They are holding even Republicans to account. I mean, John McCain was involved in the attempted coup of Trump's presidency as well. And I think they're even worried that some Republicans who are globalist will be brought up in this stuff. And I well, don't know Yeah, but look at what, what, they, look at what
1: they just did with Steve Bannon and Brian Kofaji. Yeah, and, they, and and here's the thing about him: Brian Kofaji is probably one of the worst veterans there is out there. He's a thief and he's a liar. And No one in the veteran community that knows him wanted anything to do with him. They said he was crooked. And for them to go after him and after to to Bannon shows that the the fact that, you know, Trump is willing to say to, you know, say to the people, say, hey, listen, these guys did wrong. Um, I'm going to go after them. And which I don't think would have happened, you know, if you take a look at and I know this is a far reach and if you don't want to talk about this, this is fine. But when Michelle Obama were, and Rizzo were in in Chicago and she had that $200,000 a year um, paid position on Cook County hospital and it was basically just a, a, a no-show whatever. job, a payoff, right? Yeah. A payoff. Nobody said that nobody said anything about when, you know, when, Rizzo and they, um, when they bought a house that normally you know Obama wouldn't have been able to buy by himself, um, and got I don't I don't know how much money he, they got from him, but it was it was a, a, a tidy amount. Uh, nobody said anything because that was the Chicago way, and and I think that the, one of the things that you had to look at in the in the Democratic Party and especially in I'm going to say, in the in since I, I don't think it was as bad under Clinton, but once Gore and Kerry were in, in charge, um, and they started to have influence, the amount of money that got that was whatever you want to call it, whether it was dirty, slimy, or whatever. One citizen one one yeah but once citizens United came the Democrats were able to use citizens United better than the Republicans did and that's what is scary now I mean me and you can disagree on that but I think that the the problem with this Democratic Party that you have today is that they're much better at skirting the the rules than... Um, they're they're much better at skirting the rules than the Republicans are. I, the, only, that's just... the only
0: reason that okay, first let's go back to Clinton. First, Clinton was and people forget his wife was as corrupt as the day is long. You and I both know that. Okay, I mean, let's, let's how much it. money? How much money did she make from Whitewater? Oh, how oh, much? Oh, and that no, was no, no, no.
1: Hold oh, on. Let hold me on. finish. I, I, what, what was the let first finish. thing? I'm going to say something, and, and because you, you're I, I've said this to you before, and you, when she sat on the board of Walmart, okay, this is something that I, I want you right. to, before you even go down Whitewater, before you go down when she was in uh, the Rose Law Firm, she sat on the board of Walmart, and when she was the, um, okay, correct me, how do you say the first lady of the state, whatever, how do you say that? She was first lady of the state of Arkansas. That's okay.
0: That's what it is, yeah.
1: All right. She was on the Walmart Board of directors. she sat on the board at Walmart and she was right. the one that set up for the Walton family to have offshore bank accounts in a trust that did not pay taxes into the US. Right. That is for whatever reason, when when they talk about Hillary, they you know, they, they talk about Widerwater and Rose Law Firm and her when she was trading commodities. But that's never brought up unless you understand, you know, how the, you know, unless you know the whole history of her. She started that. She started with, you know, when people say, "Well, Walmart is the biggest," you know, they rail on Walmart. Wait a second, who taught you? Hillary had set up, you know, the Walton, and the Walton family has. I'm not saying millions. They got billions offshore, and she was the one that started that. And now, you know, that she's going to come back and and rail against, you know, corporate, um, you know, what do you want to call it, corporate uh, fiscal policy that that takes advantage of tax havens? That's just that. That's just I, I, whatever you want to call it. She's one of Wrong. the inventors
0: of it. She's yeah. she's one of the inventors of it. I get it. No, what, what I was going at was. See, that's why I said, let me finish, because I knew where you're going to go, brother. We have had this discussion, folks, offline. You guys just haven't heard it, but I'm glad you, we had it in public. Um, here's the thing. Whitewater, Cattlegate, where she made how much by you know speculating on cows, cattle. Yeah, um, that's the commodity. Yeah. She's done this for eons. She was the one who was making money, and the whole Clinton Foundation was another laundering source for her campaign and also to put largesse yes in bill in hers pocket. She's always been the mastermind behind that. And she, on her term paper, everybody always forgets she, her mentor, another Chicagoan, just like she is, just like Obama was. And both of them give great credit. Well, Obama more to Frank Marshall Davis, who was a communist. He used to write for the Chicago red star, uh, um, and then he, a uh, matter of fact, I think that was his publication, if memory serves. And he's probably Obama's father in all actuality, um, just by different readings I've read. That's all I'll say on that. Um, but um, the other point that I'll point to is that she gave Saul Alinsky credit on her thesis at the end in law school. And Saul Alinsky wrote the book Rules for Radicals. This is what we're dealing with. Antifa, if you read their handbook and guidebook, which most people will never do, you'll see that it's almost verbatim out of um, Saul Alinsky, out of some of Marx's, And, and And then the other problem that most people don't realize, they always want to classify Antifa as being Marxist. Yeah, the, by their first indoctrination, that's correct. But the modern incarnation of it is Maoist, which is Chinese. And it's because of the Confucian schools. You and I both haven't gone to college, both knew that China was setting up Confucian schools, and it was bake rolled by Chinese intelligence. And so Maoism has been indoctrinated into the youth, except the professors who have been indoctrinating these guys in Marxism, they think they can control them because they're Marxists. They're not. They're Maoist. And that's why you asked earlier, or maybe it was Angel on the other show, I can't remember, um, why are they able to throw the other parts of the left under their bus, and why is it one of the things they say commonly is liberals get the rope first? And the reason for that is that they are purist. They're doing a long march. They're not doing a Lenin, Trotsky, or a Stalinist type of purge, okay? And and that's the whole point of that. Your thoughts on that, brother? But that's the first time I think we've actually brought this up in public.
1: Well, I think one of the things with, you know, if you take a look at, at you know, I can't stand Mao, um I, I mean, you know, one of the things that he is—I um, think—one of the problems with, you know, with Antifa is they—I don't know how to—I don't know how to phrase this. So um, it, it's they—they they actually are so splintered, and because they don't have a central—they don't have a central command, you know. And I think one of the things, and because of that, they—you know—what upsets them in Portland doesn't upset them in Columbus. What upsets them in Columbus doesn't absorb them in, in, in Seattle. What upsets them in Seattle doesn't, uh, uh, you know, upset them in Virginia. And they're, they're just not consistent. They just want to be angry. And I and I think part of that, I think part of that problem becomes with them is, I, do I think they're a terrorist group? Sure do. Um, do you know? You know, I how do you deal with them? I don't know, man. It, it's it's the the fact that they're easily. So easily gullible that Americans would be gullible to join Antifa is what scares me. That's what scares me. Well, they,
0: well, they're using something they've done since their inception with ARA, Anti Racist Action, started in the 70s and 80s. Um, it's the same thing like Beterminoff and Red Army, German Red Army faction. All the European communist organizations had the same kind of things. And what they're using is the false word racism racism was created by by Marx when somebody would say something bad about Marx Lenin or Trotsky they'd say oh you're a racist because I'm Jewish now they were no they were Jewish but they were not real Jews they weren't practicing Jews and they that's where that terminology came from and it was a way for them to vilify and isolate somebody who went against their political leanings it's the same thing here in the U.S., except it's not Jewish. It's just they like Black Lives Matter. When you read their actual foundational work from their national movement, it says it's a quote-unquote Marxist organization working by any means necessary, just like BAM, and they're calling people racist. Now, who can't say Black Lives Matter? I think we all can. So do white lives. So do yellow lives. So do red lives. So does brown lives. All life matters to you and I and to Angel and to everybody. Uh, but they, they specific, well, for the most part now, George, let's be very there's, clear. There's,
1: there's some groups. Out there's there, always
0: there. groups. Well, there's an interview people can watch on YouTube with Portland police, and there are several black gentlemen, one a sergeant and one a tr- patrolman, and they're talking about how the language they're being called um by uh, Antifa, they get called the N-word on the regular. They get called right. Uncle Tom. They get called all this stuff. And so, obviously, and just like Blue Lives Matter, they have a disdain for that. And my greater point was, to any sentient thinking person, all life matters. But when you're using... A Specific group, and they're it, just like they're about to repeal the actual in California. They, they passed an amendment, I believe it was under Clinton, that guaranteed everybody equal civil rights in California. Well, they're passing another amendment to get rid of that amendment so that you can discriminate now. We're going backwards, we're not progressing, we're regressing to Jim Crow, except it's in the reverse. Where they can actually say, no, in our state, if you're not a minority, you don't get these privileges or rights. And white privilege is a whole big thing. You can look him up. James Lindsay is probably the best person who covers uh, social justice warrior movement, brother.
1: Well, and then it goes back to what I was saying before about the social justice warriors. Is that they always need a, you know, they, they need an they need an enemy, whether it's real or not. And one of the one of the problems with Antifa has been is that it, you know is that they you know when they're marching, I, I don't I can't tell you what they're angry about. You know they're you know one of the t- things that they beat up. You know I don't know if you saw this or not, but they beat up a, up a black gentleman who was wearing a MAGA hat, which. I'm like, okay, I you got me there. I I, I have
0: I can't even begin what's to, what's what's the basis terrorist statement that that is under law in the US and we had to enforce both as Marines when we went against terrorists. A lot of people don't know our background, we're not gonna get into that. Not on this show. Maybe another show we'll talk right. more about that. But the mission statement of all terrorists using violence in furtherance of political ideology. And they are doing it, my brother. And so BLM, Antifa, as it stands, and I don't care if there's a right wing organization doing the same thing. That is still terrorism that meets that basic guideline, which is federal and under the UCMJ. Uniform Code of Military Justice. For those who don't know what that means, that is set into stone law, and that's my thoughts on that. Your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I do I, I have to agree with you. I mean, there, there's, you know, I, I think the problem is that, you know, part of the other thing is issue too is the fact that, you know, at, at the that Antifa, it, I mean, like I said, they're a You know, they're a straight terrorist organization. And I I think if we don't do something about them, they're getting more and more blazoned with their actions. And that's going to become even worse. You're correct, but you leave out, you left out BLM again. BLM by the codex. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe I missed. What are you, are you asking me if Black Black Lives Matter is is a terrorist organization or no, you,
0: their national organization is, and Antifa once they were designated. Notice BLM came back into. People forget this. Remember in Dallas, it was 2015, right. uh, if memory serves, and uh, maybe 2016. So
1: we you had guys, the form, re- we had it, the former the, the former Marine opened up fire on the police officers. Six police
0: officers in Dallas yeah, killed. Yeah and uh, that was BLM, and then they went underground because they were about to be labeled a terrorist organization. Then you have Antifa come to the fore. Then they get labeled a terrorist organization, and there's not a whole lot of black faces on these BLM marches. It's Antifa who's causing the problems. So you have to understand, it's no more different than when Germany, this happened in, I, I think it was a couple years before I went to Germany. You were in the Marine Corps by that time. I was in the Army. But it was a couple years before I got to Germany. You had a uh, Japanese Red Army faction do a hit at is, uh, Israeli Airlines, El Al in Frankfurt Airport. A bunch of Japanese communists came in with machine guns and machine gunned a bunch of people in the El Al terminal. And, and that's a real thing that happened. But they were terrorists working in conjunction with another terrorist organization. No different than the Mace 19th people uh, during uh, or the uh, Weathermen in the U.S. back in the day, Bill Ayers' organization. Uh, a matter of fact, the bitch who's directing funds to both uh, BLM and Antifa, her name is... Um, Uh, Last name is Rosenstein, it's Lisa, no, her middle name is Lisa. Anyways, she is the woman who was in the uh, May 19th organization. They had a separate organization that was the only female terrorist organization in the 80s. And she was arrested with, I can't remember, a ton or two of uh, explosives. I think there was RDS and Simtex that she had. And uh, it was a big bust, and she was arrested in New Jersey. Uh, Anyways, this is who's directing funds for both of those organizations right now. And and this is reality. So there is no difference.
1: Well, and I think part of that, I think, you know, like I said, with BLM, it's very hard. to. One of the things that's happening, and this is, you know, you can blame, you can put this on RFK, was after you know uh, Bobby Kennedy was killed, the idea of having a lead man for your group um, was gone. So you know having a centralized movement um, went away. So basically, you know, yeah, there's a charter, you know, but you know um, every every group acts independently anymore. It, it's just like well, you know they stole that from.
0: Uh, they stole that from our and uh, the uh, Soviets handbook. It became a cell organization. Right. So you have small cells that gri- they, but they all work for the furtherance of the end game. So they do have an end game in thought, but they operate on a cell structure. This is basic terrorism. Patriot, whatever you want to call it, 101. This is the way the CIA trains people overseas. Uh, The way if police, an ISATAP contract, International Criminal Investigation Training Assistance Program. I worked for one of those programs. It's the same thing. You're working in small teams and you're making force multipliers, i.e. you're training people to push uh, the actual policy of your nation state. And it's no different than that. It's not that hard. To, if you if you, you say they're disjointed, they're not. They have a common goal. They're just not taking a command from this group or that group or some national area. But they do have centralized fundraising. Uh, they do have a way that they get their money. The, you have the National Lawyers Guild. You will not see an Antifa or a, or a BLM person who is... Working under their auspices in prison very long because you have the NLG, National Lawyers Guild, and they're pulling them out on bail quickly and representing them free, gratis, no charge.
1: Right. So, what do we do?
0: Well, we have to unravel everything on them. And it is a, you have to take it you say there's no top there is a top we know where the funding's at you have to go i i i
1: I, I understand that but i'm saying what do we do what what, because my here here's the thing i don't one of the things that i I tell people you know and i and i say this me you know i you know we've been deployed to places around the world that have had civil wars and there's no winner and i don't want to have a civil war in the united states you don't want to have it um and no one wants hell no right no you know no one wants it what do we what do we do to, to, to basically stop some of this nonsense because it, this this is um this is scary man this is not uh, this is not the america that i that i want to see
0: you and i both agree we don't want to see it okay and you say no one wants it you're wrong the leadership of antifa and unfortunately, I believe the Democrat Party do want this because Why? this is their this is their final shot to grab power. The Democrats, sadly, like you and I said earlier, JFK was the last great Democratic president. That's a fact. And um, he was a, a patriot. Now, people can talk all they want about Clinton or Obama. They weren't patriotic at all. Clinton was an opportunist. Uh, he was thinking with his dick all the time. Obama, he was always pushing a division. He rang, look, he is the first person I've ever seen who was a sitting president not just ring the division bell, but beat it with a goddamn sledgehammer. And he beat the hell out of the division bell. And he did nothing more. He was the divider in chief. And so whoever was the next president, which was supposed to be Hillary, since she didn't get it, uh she was going to take us to Marxism and completely change America. And Bush Sr. started this whole process. So I don't think either party's hands are clean if they're globalist. Uh, one would walk towards socialism. The other one would run to communism. That's really how I look at the false left-right paradigm. I don't know about you, and I'm not going to get into your thoughts politically. I'm telling you mine. And we've talked about this offline, too. But the point is, you have to take away their funding. You have to. You have to. Uh, all these little things that you see when lawyers are doing stuff. You have to disbar them. You have to get rid of uh, the politicians that are corrupt doing this because this is traitorous behavior. If you and I were to get together, it's a conspiracy. There is a leadership. Uh, I, I believe Project Veritas had somebody with a camera go in and talk to somebody who was on one of the campaigns. I think it was Sanders campaign. And they're basically saying, yeah, we're going to burn everything down. If Sanders right. doesn't get it.
1: And well, so, and here's the other thing too, is that, you know, I, one of the things with Kamala Harris, I thought she, was, you know, i got to tell you the, the Bernie Sanders people hate her. I, I mean, the amount of outright division, that is coming from the left is unbelievable. I th- everybody everybody should hate her. We're getting close to the, this
0: has been a quick show. Damn, we're at 1258. So I know Angel will jump on here in a minute and tell me we're going to have to wrap this up. But what I will say is Kamala Harris, she got in under the same kind of project that Soros has funded. And you and I have talked about, Mr. Soros ad infinitum. And yeah. we will delve in this in another show, brother, because this is a conversation that needs to go on. But that was the attorney general's program. And that's why you're seeing the messed up decision of an attorney general in St. Louis. You're seeing all these problematic decisions coming out of different AGs within the states because they were funded by Soros, either, either his actual uh, tides foundation or his son alexander's um foundation it's called the um i'm mind dumping the name anyways it's it's a model off of the tides foundation except it's alexander his son's uh organization
1: right. and, her, and they're her, both and, and, and there's a, her, her, her uh, alex soros and um they're friends and camilla harris are friends
0: Exactly. Of course they're going to be friends because he helped fund her. And that's why I said funding has to, we have to go to these people that have been pushing traitorous behavior. Both Alexander and George have um, U.S. citizenship. That can be revoked. Or if they're on U.S. soil, arrest them. Anywhere they hit U.S. soil or any territory they're in, they need to be arrested.
1: And right. under, under, under well, the, uh, one the, well, one of the, one of the, one of the guys that brought this up brought up a, a fair, you know, under, you know, that, and I, I I'm not enough, uh, I don't know enough about this, but that both of them could be brought up under the Smith Act. And that was, um, you know, that was a valid argument. That's very true, brother. Very true. And I mean, <coughs> and, and I mean you'd have to, I mean... And I'm not saying this to, I mean, I'm not, you know, my thoughts on it. I, I don't like either one of them. But, you know, there, is there enough under the, um, and, if, and for the people listening that don't know what the Smith Act is, is it, um, the Smith Act is about taking um, 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 the overthrowing or destroying any of the government. And that's what the Smith Act is. Yeah, so, it's about
0: stabilization, and we are going to have to wrap up. He just posted. Look, folks, we will carry on this conversation. Hopefully, next week, if George US can bring himself. Always a on. pleasure,
1: uh, Shuffy. Always a pleasure, and um, Angel. Thank you for having me on your station. And uh, it's um, it, it's always a great idea to to have um, it, you know an entanglement of ideas
0: and a crossover. So Veterans Radio Syndicate on PSN Radio, awesome stuff. And with that being said, folks, thank you for stopping by Kaiser's Castle. Uh, Thank you for sitting on my big orange couch. With that being said, shuff out.